If you have your Bible, would you turn to Luke chapter 1? Luke chapter 1. And I was kind of pulled in different directions when thinking about today, but I feel like I landed on something that's going to encourage you, and it's something that is, it's of course from Scripture, but I really believe it's for us today, and something that's more than just a Christmas, part of the Christmas story, but it's something that um, I think each of us have to experience and have to walk through in our own life, and I want to really focus in on Mary. I want to focus in on Mary today. In fact, if you're taking notes, you might just write this as the title. Nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. In fact, everybody say it with me. Say, nothing will be impossible. Just think on that for a second. Nothing will be impossible. In fact, we'll get to the scripture where it says, for with God, nothing will be impossible. And how absolute that is and how encompassing that is for with God nothing will be impossible but let's start up in verse 26 of Luke chapter 20 or excuse me Luke chapter 1 and I'm going to read from verses 26 through 38 now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David the virgin's name was Mary and having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall name, call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Now, indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is now the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. I love this story, and it's not because... Uh, you know, of just the end result of it that Jesus truly was conceived in Mary. But I feel like all of us at some point or another are going to have to have this kind of encounter where you hear something that's too good to be true and you're going to have to decide whether you're going to believe it or not. And you may not have had an angel of the Lord appear to you, but you have something almost, if not better, right in your hand. Maybe you don't have a physical Bible like I have in my hand, but maybe you have the app or something. But you have access to some of the best news, if not the, of course, the greatest news on planet Earth right in your lap. And so here's this angel, and he comes, and he finds this girl. And you have to remember, Mary is like six, 15, 16 years old. Like, we're not talking about a young adult. We're not talking about a 30-year-old who's established, who knows better. We're talking about a young girl. 
And this angel appears to her and says, Blessed are you among women, for you have found favor in the sight of the Lord. And this troubled her. And now, I, as I was reading this and just preparing, I just, that caught me. Like, if someone was to come and deliver such good news to you, how would that trouble you? How would that be something like, well, what, what is this about? And, and, and what's going on with you? Why are you delivering this message to, to me? So the angel of the Lord followed up really quickly, said, don't be afraid. And so before we can get into the miraculous part of what happened with Mary, I think you have to wrestle with fear. I think you, you can't skip over the fact that her initial reaction was she was troubled and she was apparently afraid. Otherwise, he wouldn't have said, don't be afraid. And sometimes in our Christian walk, in our walk with the Lord, people don't really acknowledge that some of our initial reactions to even good news is troubled. It's fear. It's unknown. Right? Anytime somebody introduces something to you that's unknown, a lot of times it can cause you angst. Even if it's something good, you're like, I don't know about that. I'm not quite sure if I want to participate in that. I'm not quite sure even what you're trying to say to me. And so I think you have to acknowledge, even sometimes when the Lord's speaking to you, it doesn't always immediately produce this great amount of confidence and, and faith and this courage. Sometimes it's daunting. It's like, I'm sorry, what did you say? You know, think about it. A 16-year-old virgin girl, she's engaged to this dude, She's, I mean, you can imagine the, um, the thoughts going through her head. Number one, there's an angel in front of me. When does that ever happen? Number two, he's talking to me. Number three, he's telling me I'm going to have a baby, though I'm a virgin, and I'm engaged, and that doesn't go down well in Jewish culture. Hello, right? Like, this is not good news to her. Initially, like this isn't exciting, like, oh, you're going to have to go through a bunch of ridicule and you're going to have to go hide away for a few months because your family's not going to understand. And by the way, it's it's kind of a toss up whether Joseph's going to stick with you or not. And we know it was kind of tedious because if you read in Matthew chapter one, the same angel, he had to go talk to Joseph. And make sure that Joseph got the same message so that Joseph didn't leave her on the altar and jilt her because he wouldn't have understood that this baby was conceived by the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Some story, right? No, this baby was good. He was going to think well, this baby was conceived from you and who? Like who you've been with. You know what I mean? Like they're, they're, these are real human beings. So all of this is going through her mind. And that the, the, the angel of the Lord, look at this had to say to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. In other words, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. Not every good thing feels like a good thing at first. And I don't know, I just feel like you need to sit in that for a second. Not every good thing from God always feels good at first. Some good things feel inconvenient at first. Like, like, again, I'm going back to the fact that this is a virgin 16-year-old girl who, yes, she was promised this is going to be the Son of God and Jesus, but for her, like, imagine her mind thinking, why me? 
Why, why, why are you even choosing me? Why are you talking to me? Why couldn't you have Elizabeth's pregnant? Make her baby the son of God, right? Like she's already pregnant. Let, do it. Do this thing with her. Because it's in like you want me to go through all of this. And she didn't know what would then, of course, happen through the life of Jesus and what that would ultimately mean for his execution and how she would have to witness his death on the cross. At that time, she didn't know anything. She was just listening to a, de a, a, a delivery person. That's what angel means is just a messenger, this messenger of the Lord saying, you're highly favored. You're highly favored. You're highly favored. You're, and, and God had like zeroed in on this 16-year-old girl and was like, something is about to happen to you that only I can do. And so when I think about Christmas, I think about something of an expectation of, Lord, what are you going to do with me that only you can do? And do I accept that from you or am I afraid? Like, just think about your own life. And yes, we're at Christmas, but very soon we'll be at New Year's. You know, the next week, it's like New Year's. And I think it's kind of interesting the way that it's in our calendar because there is something about Christmas that produces expectation. And then you go right into the new year that's like planning, okay, what are what is this year going to look like? So just lean into that for a second by mere sake of calendar. What are you expectant for that God's been speaking to you that maybe you've almost tried to ignore? Maybe it, it's a little too inconvenient. Maybe, it's, maybe it produces fear. Maybe it produces more questions than answers. I mean, think about it with Mary. He delivers this message, and then the angel of the Lord's like, peace out. And that's it. We don't see the angels except for Joseph. We don't see them again until Jesus is born. And they're singing glory to God in the highest as witnesses to what's going on with this birth of Jesus. But they left her for nine months to be pregnant and to go through all of the changes that pregnancy brings. So sometimes we receive a message from God and then it feels like radio silence. Have you ever had that happen to you where you're like, God touches your heart, you feel like you're caught something, and then the next day you're like crickets? You know, you have this amazing encounter. I mean, for her, it was this physical angel right in front of her. But I know that I've been in multiple times where I'll go to some sort of experience, a conference, or I'll even have my own time with the Lord, and I will receive something so powerful. And the next day feels like the, the depths of despair. like quiet and nothing and God's not even there and he's not even speaking to me and I have to like draw back on the fact that well what I needed he gave to me the day before he gave me a word that I chose or to believe and to take hold of and because I took hold of it it's almost like I accepted that like a conception I'm, I'm conceiving something and now there's nothing left to be done except for that to just grow in me I don't need another word. Now, that sounds really uh, probably anticlimactic when everybody comes every Sunday to hear something of the word of God. But there are some times, honestly, where you, you got what you needed six months ago. 
And right now, you don't need a new word to conceive. You just need to let that six months ago word grow in you until it's time to come about. How do I know? Look at this with Elizabeth. See, with Elizabeth, she had received a word six months before Mary. And Elizabeth is basically just waiting out at home for that word that God spoke over her and her husband, that they were going to conceive a son and they were going to call his name John. She's waiting at her house for nine months. We catch her at month six. Y'all catch what I'm saying? Like there's a metaphor going on here that's not just about babies. It's that when God speaks to you, that has to grow sometimes. And it has to, you have to let it work out in you and work out in your life. I know for me, I like the Amazon quick kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I'm looking for, when I go shopping on Amazon, I'm looking for what arrives the next day or the day of. When we lived in California, we had two-hour delivery. Where most things you could get in two hours, it'd be at your house, whatever you needed, right? So when it comes to the Lord, sometimes I'm like, Lord, where's the two-hour delivery option? I kind of want to put everything that takes nine months, some, like, I can't even think that long out, right? Especially in this COVID age where it's like we don't even know what's happening next week or in two weeks from now. Are we meeting in person or are we not meeting in person? Did you test positive? Did you not test positive? Like, we can't think that far out. And yet most things with the Lord take time. They take time. Some things don't take nine months. They take nine years. And so you have to like cling on to these words that are spoken to you as if you are conceiving them in you and you protect them like a mother would protect an unborn baby. And you have to just let it be there. And there's not, what's funny about it is there's not a whole lot you can even do about it. Like, think about Mary. She receives this word, and the Holy Spirit comes upon her at some point. I actually would kind of argue that it happened when she went and greeted Elizabeth, but that's a whole other thing. But I think that's where it happened. There was something of the Holy Spirit that showed up because we read it in that interaction. The Holy Spirit showed up, and John leaped in Elizabeth's womb because of the presence of the Holy Spirit. And it says that she was filled with the Holy Spirit, and she began to sing and sang over Mary. So anyways, the Holy Spirit comes upon her. But from that point that she conceives, what else could Mary do for this? She could eat. She could sleep. She could hide away kind of so that people didn't ridicule her, I guess, or, or judge her. But other than that, there's not a lot you can do. But here's the way that I sometimes interpret when the Lord gives me things that I'm supposed to do, or he gives me a promise. I'll say that. I think, okay, I'm going to go work that promise out and I'm going to make it happen. Am I the only one who likes to do that? Like kind of fill in the blanks where it's like, okay, Lord, you promised that you're going to do X, Y, Z for me. And then my next question is, what do I need to do? How do I need to make a supernatural thing happen in the natural? Like that's, I, we don't say it like that, but that's kind of how we behave. It's, it, and it's, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm like guilty, guilty, guilty of that. But when I read this scripture, I read, oh, no, with, with God's big stuff, there's nothing you can do to make it happen. 
like let me let me tell you, there's nothing you can do to make it happen just protect what he gave you and that's it hold on to what he gave you and that's it in other words don't abort it keep it keep it safe keep her protected be around people like she went to elizabeth elizabeth encouraged her nurtured her i i assume and they were good with one another but that's it she ate she drank probably water and hung out and i think there's a real rest that the lord wants to impart to some of us where it's like god's spoken really supernatural things to you about you your family your ministry your business and the lord's like stop working so hard and just protect the baby you hear me in fact with pregnant women what do they do it generally will tell them especially as you get further along in pregnancy rest don't they say that deborah knows she's getting toward the, towards the end of her term probably everybody's trying to tell you rest 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 and what if that's something that lord's trying to tell us in christmas season i've given you my word i've given you promises you're nurturing them they're in you rest rest like chill out that, that, see, the scripture says rest i feel like i hear god say chill out but that's <laughs> maybe my interpretation but like take a chill pill rest like my mind anybody sometimes have the where your brain just doesn't shut off and you're like thinking of not only do you have plan A, but you have like plan A, B, C, D, E, F. And then your backup plans have backup plans, right? So you've got like this whole org chart of if this doesn't work, then we'll do this. If that doesn't work, we'll do this. And, and all of these backup plans. And what does that do? That's mentally you're spinning out of all of this stuff. And it's like the Holy Spirit's like rest, chill, chill. Chill, and it's going to come back to, did you hear him or did you not hear him? Think about this. Look at verse 31. The angel's still speaking and says, And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the highest, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom, and there will be no end. And Mary's response to this amazing, too good to be true, powerful word is, how can this be? <laughs> I just, when I'm reading it, I was like, okay, the angel of the Lord said, you're going to conceive a son who's going to be king over this house. She knew all of these terms. It wasn't like us where this would have been distant. She knew what Jacob meant. She knew what it meant for that the, his kingdom will be no end like there this was real to her and her response is how can this be not oh wow lord that is amazing that's so powerful uh, really like a king over israel and a, a, his kingdom will have no end like she didn't have any questions about what he was saying to her except how is this going to work out and I, when I read this, I'm like, Mary, I'm just like you. You ever feel like that? God gives you just this amazing vision of something, and you're like, how? 
And you know what that immediately does? It brings this expansive, amazing, powerful God down to our level of natural thinking. Now, I'm not dogging on her. I'm just saying that's what we do. Like, God gives this amazing—I mean, the, the angel of the Lord is declaring over her. His name's going to be Jesus. Of his kingdom, there will be no end. And she brings all of this supernatural, huge vision to how can this be with me? You know, has anybody else done that before? Where God speaks these big things to you. And by the way, if you're hearing God, he's going to speak big things to you. He's big. His vision is big. His intent is big. Yes, he gets into the minutia. But honestly, when you read scripture, a lot of times when God's speaking to humankind, it is vision beyond their own imagination and anything that they can complete or do on their own. In fact, with Abram, he had to take him up and said, look up for the stars of the sky. That's going to be your descendants. Like think about it. This was a, a man who had no children. So when God speaks to humans, he speaks in these huge terms. He's not necessarily concerned about what you're going to wear this morning. You know, if you're like going to the closet and you're like, Lord, speak to me about what I'm supposed to wear today. I'm sorry, but he's probably not talking about that. He's probably talking to you about you're going to conceive a son. And of this, and then this son, there's going to be a kingdom that has no end. That's where he's at. But we try to bring it all the way down to what we can control and what we can do and what we can handle. And this was the angel's response to her. It wasn't, oh, well, you know what? That's a good point, Mary. I, I'm not quite sure how all that's going to work out. Let me get back down into the natural ways of thinking. No, no, no. The angel stayed right up there into the spirit of what this was going to be and said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. He basically repeats himself with a little more detail, but it's basically like the power of God is going to accomplish this. The answer to your question of how is the power of God. It's not strategy. It's not a five-year business plan. It's not about how you need to go get educated and you need to have all of your ducks in a row and you need to be better and you need to be smarter. It is not going to come back down to your skills and accolades and all the things that you need. It's going to come back to the power of God every single time. Did you hear me? It's going to come back to the power of God every single time. And if you're a control freak, that is going to concern you because you want things that you can control. I want things that I can go do and check off the list and say, okay, I'm closer than I was five days ago. But God doesn't work like that. God works in the unseen. God works in things that you and I don't always value as things that are pushing us forward and getting us closer to what we're going to do. In fact, a lot of times we're unaware of what he's doing. But this is something where it's like, no, the power of God will come upon you. This is what he tells her. And will overshadow you and you will be... You will conceive and you will call him the son of God. Like he basically doesn't even pay attention to the question of her natural means. He stays up into it's going to be the power of God. See, there are questions that I know I have about things in our own life, in our own ministry, and I have to arrest my thoughts. I have to arrest my wanting to accomplish things with very natural means 
and come back to the simplicity and honestly humility that says it's going to have to be the power of God. And I have to risk the fact that some people would be like, well, you know, that of course it's going to be the power of God and kind of minimize the fact that no, 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 it will only happen by the will of God or by the power of God. It's not going to happen because I will it to, because I'm, I'm staying up all night, every night trying to make it happen, or I have sleepless nights, or I have, you know, I, I, I wake up from in the morning and I'm work, 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 work until I go to bed. None of that will produce the power of God. Y'all catching what I'm saying? Like Mary could not have gone home and being like, okay, I got to clean the house right now. And we got to prepare for the, because God's not going to come if I don't clean this house. Thank God. Because our, our house would be overlooked. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, she didn't say, okay, uh, okay, I got to go. I got to go start eating better, and I got I to gotta start working out. And I, No. No, she didn't go back because she couldn't, because how could she force the power of God to come on her? She just had to be available. So that's where he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. By the way, the same language is used in Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 of how does this happen in our life with the power of God. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. So this is the pattern of how God accomplishes supernatural things. His Spirit comes upon you, and then you're able to do things you would have never been able to do before. This is the only way. Verse 36. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, he's still talking. Your relative has also conceived a son in her old age, and this is now the sixth month for her, for her who was called barren, for with God nothing will be impossible. In other words, this angel was addressing something that you and I know was in Mary's mind because she asked it, how? So this angel starts preaching to her and says, the power of God's going to come on you and it's going to overshadow you. And then he's like, and by the way, your cousin, your barren cousin, she's already six months pregnant. So what happens in Mary's heart and her own faith when he, she hears of one that she knows intimately, apparently intimately enough that she goes and visits her, that she hears, oh, she's pregnant? That old lady's pregnant? Right? No, no. She who was called barren. I mean, she, the angel's preaching to her. Why? Because something had to tweak and, and shift in Mary. Mary had not yet said yes. Hello? She hadn't said yes yet. Right now, she's wrestling through, do, am I going to, do I believe this and do I want it? Some of y'all still in that game. Number one, do you believe it? And number two, do you want it? I've met a lot of people who believe God, believe his word, believe what he says, and has even believed what he said to them, but they didn't want it. Now, to some, that seems like, what? No, no, don't be too religious on me. It's true. Some things cost you. Some things, when the Lord speaks to you, it's like Mary. It's like, you want me to, to, to potentially take on shame? Because I'm going to walk around pregnant and people know that I'm not married yet. She had to decide, do I want that? Do I want that kind of life? So she's not only wrestling through, do I believe this dude? But do I want this? Do I want it? 
do I want it? Some in this room, you have to wrestle through, do you want it? Do you want it? Because they're, they're, they're generally, when the Lord speaks, there is a call of faith that requires you to give something that's uncomfortable. In the world, you'd call it risk. It feels like a risk. It feels like I have to step out on something that feels unsure, but yet I'm choosing to believe it's not unsure based on what God said. That's faith. Faith is not stepping into something that's just clearly laid out. All of the ducks are in a row. All of the dots connect. Everything is good. Everything makes sense. Nothing's going to cost me. It's not going to hurt me in the least. It's, everything is assured. No. Faith is stepping into something that's like, if this doesn't work, I'm sunk. And the only reason why I think it might work is because God said it would. Do you hear me? This is the stuff where if you told your family members, they'd be like, don't do it. You're nuts. Don't do that. You're crazy. But you know, I understand what you're saying because I actually feel the same way. But I have to do it because I have to obey God. It's like, I'm not going to fight with my family members for not understanding. I'm just going to be like, I actually do understand because to me, this is nuts so too. But I have to obey God, so therefore I have to do things that seem unusual. And then I have to trust that in a year or two, you'll be able to look back and you'll be able to see that I was right. Ultimately, God was right. But right now, you're kind of accusing me. So I'm just saying, hey, you're going to have to trust that this was the right thing and the right thing to do. So here's what happens. He's preaching to her. And this is now the sixth month for her, her who was called barren, for with God nothing will be impossible. And Mary said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord. In other words, she just made herself available. Let it be to me according to your word. Boom, the angel departed. That was it. All he was after was her yes. The whole conversation would have been over much earlier if she would have just said, sounds good, yes. But we're like, Mary, we need to talk through this a little bit, Lord. I need to get preached to a little bit more, Lord. I need a little more faith for thee. But as soon as you say yes, boom, it's done. That angel flew off. Whatever, However angels leave, <laughs> doesn't give a lot of details. He departed. He flew off. He left. He disappeared. I don't know how that works, but he was gone. According to other scriptures, he probably walked out of the room, and then that was that. They were done. Because why? Because as soon as she said, behold, the maidservant of the Lord, she said, here I am. I'm available. It reminds me of Isaiah chapter 6, where the Lord's saying, who will go for us? Who will we send? And Isaiah says, here I am, Lord, send me. It reminds me of that, of that. Behold, here, here am I, Lord. And then she says, let it be to me according to your word. In other words, I accept the assignment. I accept the assignment. And as soon as she said yes, it was done. Listen to me. As soon as she said yes, the angel of the Lord 
felt like it was done enough that his duty as the messenger was over. He took off. That's it. No more instructions, no more anything of what to do. The next instructions were to Joseph in Matthew chapter 1 when the angel of the Lord was basically like, don't, don't hang around here. You need to go to Egypt for a while because if you stay here, Herod's going to try to kill your baby. But there were no other instructions to Mary. That was it. So I think that is so powerful to you and I as far as what God's really looking for is your availability and your yes. And you don't say yes to things that you don't believe in. So the prerequisite to her yes was her belief. But once she believed, she said yes. She said yes. She said yes. So some of us are in different phases of this story. And you identify with different parts. Some, maybe you're in that moment where God's been speaking to you some stuff that's hard to believe. And you're like me, and you go immediately to how. How, 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 right? So you're not yet in belief. And it's not that you're doubting that God's speaking. You're just are like, but how? <laughs> you're like, I'm hearing you, but how? Well, you're so you're still wrestling through the faith part of it. And I love the Lord that he's not like, oh, come on. You should know how. Don't you trust me? No, no. He's good. He's going to tell you. In fact, he's telling some of us today that it's going to be the power of God. So rest, 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 rest. Because once this baby is born, you're going to need to have rested. <laughs> you're going to need to have had that time. But then others of us, we're now at that point where it's like God's spoken to us. We believe. And it's time to just make yourself available. And said, Lord, behold, your servant, let it be to me according to your word. And when you do that, that's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's when supernatural things start to happen. Listen to me. That is when supernatural things, not your ability type stuff. That's when God type miracles start happening. And some of them may take time. I, I hit on that earlier in the message. Some of it may take months. Some may take years. Some things, they may not take that long. You might start seeing a tremendous difference. Mary started growing pretty much immediately after she conceived. Right? Within months, you start showing. So the evidence of God's supernatural work didn't take that long. The full work of it took longer. But the evidence started happening. So don't be surprised that you will start to see evidence of God's work in your life on the other side of your yes. You'll start to see things move. You'll start to see yourself change. You'll start to see God activate certain things and other people around you. Why? Because you said yes, you have now allowed him to fully function in your life. And here's a, here's, here is what's so powerful. The scripture says this. The word says so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void. It shall accomplish what I please, and it shall, uh, it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. You say, well, what does that mean? It means when Mary said yes to this word, God had to make sure it happened. Now listen to me. 
God was, he was responsible and he was committed and his word had to come back in the full way that he said all the way to the point that she was going to call his name Jesus, but that his, of his kingdom, there would be no end. In other words, God's word had to come back fully, ha having fully accomplished what he spoke to Mary. So when you say yes to God's word, he covenants with you. In other words, he will see to it that 100% of what he spoke to you will happen. Now think about that. He, he promises 100%. See, see, I know there are things in my life, Jeff, that I haven't seen 100% yet. So I have to cling on to the fact that God said every word that comes out of my mouth will return to me having already prospered in the thing that I sent it for. Because otherwise, I get discouraged. And I feel like it doesn't look like it's going to happen. I feel further away from it than the day I heard it. Anybody felt like that? It feels further off than the, when I first heard it, you know, when you're 18, 19, 20 years old. So what do I have to do? I have to lean back in and say, no, no, but I said yes to him. I made myself available to him. And when I did that, he committed himself 100% that that word would not come back any less than what he spoke to me. Some of y'all, your children, you need to hang on to that for your children. Because the word of God says that great, the, that the Lord will teach our children and great shall be the peace of our children. Like, so, so somewhere it's like my children don't follow the Lord or they're, they're in turmoil or they're, they're, they've walked away. You have to hold on to these scriptures where, where God said, no, no, no. I said that my word will not return to me void, including your child, including your family. Like if the Lord's spoken to some of you about generations and how they'll serve the Lord, you have to hang on to those and be like, God, you said your word would not return to me void. And when you had made yourself available as that parent that you wanted to, to, to serve the Lord and to do everything that he asked you to do and you made yourself available, that's when he committed and said, okay, I will see to it that that word happens for your family. These things are real. They have real implications for us. And this is why the angel said, for with God, nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be impossible. Nothing will be. Why did, would he say that? Because it seems impossible. I don't know what, how this relates to each of you. But I know that I know that I know that I know there are multiple ones here where you need to hear that word spoken over your situation. For with God, nothing will be impossible. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Whether it's financial, whether it's family relationships, whether it's your ministry and your calling, or whether it's dreams that the Lord's put up in your heart and, in, in, and spoken to you, you need to hear, for with God, that is not impossible. And he's proven it just like he's proven it with Mary and said, see, your barren cousin is now pregnant. And you need to be able to look around and see there are other people who were in your situation that aren't in your situation anymore. And that's your proof that God's going to keep his word. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus. That we would each hear your promise your word spoken over us and to us, that we would make ourselves available 
and that we would say yes to you. Like Mary said, let it be to me according to your word. Father, I pray where there's been fear, that all fear would be pushed out with your love in Jesus' name. Where there's been hesitancy about what it means to obey and yield ourselves to your word, I pray that all that hesitancy would melt away because we believe that your word for us is good and it's going to be for our good in Jesus' name. Lord, I pray where there has been any hardness of heart or any disappointment from past experiences or past pain or past loss, that you would minister to that loss. You would minister to that pain so that we could have courage again and strength again to say yes to you, even when it feels risky, even when it feels scary. I pray that there would be a courage that rises up because of your word. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I pray that there would be a, a hearing of your word over to each person, individualized words. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, Jeff, Angela, y'all come. I want to, well, let's stand all together. This resonate with anybody? Does with me. This is how big this is. God didn't just drop Jesus out of the sky from a stork. <laughs> In case you didn't know, babies don't come like that. <laughs> God worked the plan of salvation through a 16-year-old girl. So when you want to think about what your yes may mean or not mean, think about Mary. Think about how the plan of God had to come through a 16-year-old girl. What might be on the other side of your yes? On the other side of her yes was the salvation of the world. On the other side of her yes was the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords being able to come from heaven to be God with us. What's your yes represent? How many people, how many souls, how many disciples? How, what of your family does it represent? What are the generations that will come after you in your own household? What does it represent? Your yes may change everything in your generations following you. In fact, Deborah, can I pray for you right where you're at? Because you you literally are with child, so... <laughs> Lilia, will you go? And Alona, will you also lay your hands on her? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for Deborah. We pray over her child for a healthy delivery in Jesus' name. But Lord, I thank you for turning from Deborah forward that the generations will be servants of the Lord. 
that you'll shift their family tree to be ones who fully follow God 100% with all of their heart, mind, soul, strength. I pray that you would touch every place of pain, every place of disappointment, every place of shame in Jesus' name so that Deborah will be the woman of God, the mother that you've called her to be. I thank you, Lord, that she will rise up and, and after her, her children will rise up and call her blessed in Jesus' name. Strengthen her, Lord. Strengthen her. Strengthen her. Strengthen her in Jesus' name. Thank you for the woman of God that she is and will continue to be. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to specifically, too, pray for anybody who would say, you feel like you're kind of at a decision point and you just need prayer for your yes. <laughs> just raise your hand. You're like, you know what? I'm at a decision point and I just want prayer that as I say yes, God would help me, strengthen me. I feel like I'm at that point, so I'm raising my hand. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, for every person raising their hand, Lord, may you honor every yes. Lord, I pray that you would see every person through that waiting period of saying yes into that word coming about 100%, just like we wait for a baby for months. I pray that as we wait, there would be patience there would be nurturing, and that there would be rest in Jesus' name. I thank you that in a short time, we'll begin to see you moving on the other side of our yes. Shifting things, changing our environments, resourcing us where necessary. Thank you for trusting us like you trusted Mary to hold something as precious and as significant as your plan that you want to come about on this earth. Thank you for that trust. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. If you agree, would you say amen? Let's clap our hands.